Okay, people, this is one of my podcasts where you need to keep your mind well and truly open to alternate ideas and points of view. It is my aim to have people from all walks of life on my podcast, and thus, at times, conversations can get messy and are not always driven or informed by data or scientific fact. At no point do I pretend that this is otherwise. For this particular episode, I also need to reinforce that as it currently stands, the TGA states that COVID-19 vaccines are safe, effective and reduce your risk of severe illness. Hundreds of millions of people have received a COVID-19 vaccine and serious adverse reactions are uncommon. I, nor my guests today, are medical doctors. My PhD was in philosophy. Portions of this program will examine countervailing views on important medical issues. You should always consult your personal physician before making any decisions about your health. This episode also contains language and adult themes. So we are now live. Sasha, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back. I should I shouldn't have favorites, but but I'm it. Yeah, and I mean, high. I love the fact that we can both uh, talk underwater, um, mm. and yeah. we both have very strong opinions that are not borderline fucking nutty. Um, mm. And and by the way, oh, I just want to clarify: this is not a reflection on my previous guest. By the way, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> We'll let the listeners. I'm never going to guess. I'm never going to get a guest ever again. Um, it's just that it's easy with you, and I I love that. I wish that I could um, catch up with you every week, but of course you are doing juggling multiple roles. So I I completely um, appreciate that. We'll how are you? Um, I am good. I'm good. I've been really looking forward to this because I do like our discussions. Um and I've always got lots to say. Mm. So um Love getting yeah, fired no. up. Yeah, do you know I was saying earlier I was running through this in my head and I find myself so getting into the conversation that I've just got so much to say and I keep thinking of things and I would run back to my little notebook and you know, write write notes that uh, I was like, yeah, I want to talk about that. Oh, and that was one thing. So we could talk for hours, really. We won't, but. Yes. Well, I'm a prolific note taker. So what you and everyone yeah, you else are. can't see. Mean, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you probably are going to see because I'm still not great with the flipping of the screen and showing videos and all the rest of it. So I my cheat sheet is literally here. Um, which you can't see because I've got that ridiculously huge monitor. Um, I, you know, did did you ever see my old monitor? It was like a normal sized fucking LG thing. And yep. then I was in um, Audi and I didn't, oh, yeah. did I tell you that? I saw yeah. they had these monitors on sale, these 32 inch monitors. And I'm like, that's a big fucking box, but that's really, <laughs> really cheap. And it's high definition. So I grabbed it and I came home and honestly, Sash, like in order, I, I wish I could show you, it is like this. It is like a giant plasma television, um, wow. which in some ways 
it's great. I can have a lot of things open. Um, but in other ways, like when I'm trying to focus so that I look into the camera and at you, it's about there, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's screen everywhere. It's just wow. it's complete madness. And I cannot deal with putting both of us full screen because then literally. Don't put me on full screen. No, what, our heads are bigger on my screen than in real life. It's a bit intimidating, I have wow. to be honest. Okay. But, um, um, and I've got a laptop sitting on two textbooks about that thick each and my microphone that I think is really cool. And I've got headphones, but yeah. I think we're doing okay. We're doing all right. My, my, and my, I've got a pencil and paper. Yes, good. I've got a, I've got a pen. Um, my webcam is actually, as you've seen, um, taped to um, <laughs> yeah. my, a bottle, an empty bottle of San Peregrino water. Um, I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's very high tech. It's very high tech, but we're getting there. Yeah. And Look, what I love is that I'm getting so much more comfortable with just talking at the webcam, just having a conversation and not, yeah, just, and that's why I, I really do love to have you on because it's just such a, natural and comfortable thing and also i haven't caught up with you forever and so yeah. i want to just see where you're at like i mean i'm at the point now where i'm like i'm just going to talk about myself and everything just openly so i'm just yeah ask yeah, me I anything but i was just going to ask you about how your gym's going <laughs> oh well okay so in a nutshell i've been going about two to three times a week and I love it um I was I'm always I've always been an active person I've never been a gym person although where I was living before where we are now I it was the weather was so crazy that I joined a gym and I love it but this week um I'm currently studying as you know um first year uni student and my laptop died and I've got two assessments this week. So I was in a meltdown. Um, so the gym is not going at all this week, but it will next week once I get my life together. Mm. What's the crowd like there? Because that can really decide whether yeah, it's Because it's a new one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When I actually really love it. Hey, um, so my fitness world was um I used to do boxing I trained in boxing and I trained with a boxing trainer and so that's how I train all the time now um sorry I've got a child here and a child here distracting me can you both go away because it's really funny um I'm talking about me <laughs> for five minutes guys probably a bit longer and we all know I like to talk about me um so are they making faces at you and trying to distract you or well, I won't tell you what one's doing. He's <laughs> the shower. The other one's 15. So, I mean, you can all guess for yourselves, really. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I've, I've sort of got like a little routine in my head that I go and do. And I go in the mornings, whereas back in the day I used to go in the evenings. Yeah. Uh, so very different crowd. And at the moment it's ranging from looks like marathon runners but he looks very fit to I haven't had like the big bulky dudes yet um 
and like some old ladies, God bless them. Mm. They're really cute. So they do um, like little circuit workouts and stuff and then people on their phones. Yes, everyone on their phones now. It's insane. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the, the coast has uh, done quite well at segregating the the big bodybuilder um, sort of steroid crowd into a few concentrated gyms. And it's the sort of gyms, you know, where you're going to get, um, they're going to get the attention that they crave constantly. So the influencers go there. I've been to one of these gyms, not anymore, but I, I did go in and um, I, I still can't quite believe that they allocated quite a large area. And they called it the selfie posing wall. Oh, and it was a section of the gym that was just ceiling to floor mirror um, um, where people could go and take um, a selfie of themselves or film themselves talking. And look, I know that I'm doing podcasting, so I can't say too much, but I'm not someone that's ever going to grab my phone and go into a public space and start filming myself talking shit. Like, I just, I don't that- understand that well. If they want me as an extra in the background of their little, like, movie, then pay me (laughs) or get my permission before you start filming. Do that. Don't they need your permission? They don't. Oh, no, Sash. Look, I cracked shits the other, um, like, once, and I got online and I thought, I'm actually going to find out what the law actually says about this because there were three guys that were um, training for one of the, not bodybuilding, it's body sculpting, basically like a male model sort of competition. And they, they were getting around the gym in Speedos. Um, and, yeah, I mean, people are enjoying the show sort of thing. But the, all three of them had set up tripods in, um, in the freeway area and were literally filming themselves dressed like that. It was It was absolutely mental. And I actually said to one of them, like, I don't want to be a prop in, in your show. And he became quite aggressive. Um, anyway, I went home and Googled it. And when it comes to public spaces, filming is allowed. So the only time it's not allowed is if, say, for example, uh, you were with the boys at the beach and you saw someone filming and you were clearly in that, that, that in their filming area, you can go up to them and say, I don't want you filming me and my yeah. boys then it's illegal. But until you take the permission away, it's actually legal. What they're supposed to do, and no one does, is when they film in a public place, and actually to their credit, I think um, ABC and uh, SBS do this with their news reports. And if they go like to a shopping mall to report on sales or clearances, and they show like the shopping mall, like Queens, um, Queens Plaza yeah. or Queen okay. Street Mall in Brisbane, they block yep. everyone's face. And so they, they get around having to, to ask permission. But as it stands, they can just do whatever they like because the gym yeah. is not, even though it's private property, it's still considered a public space. So um, um, at the gym anyway, I'm you're not at one of those gyms, so that's the point. No, and, and neither am I. <laughs> so, but that, they don't have mirrors at this one. Um, I noticed that the other day. There's mirrors in the bathroom um, and that's it. There's no mirrors on any walls um, at all. Look, uh, yeah, I, I do like a mirror um, just because. Mind. 
Well, uh, I, like it, that doesn't I bother form me. sometimes. Like if yeah. I'm having an off day or if I'm tired or, you know, sometimes I, because of my anxiety, I rush a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see or feel that I'm tired or rushing or my form's bad. And then I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. First of all, slow down. And second of all, form just terrible. So yeah, it's not like I will say that. But but I I do have this thing where I don't look at myself. I don't look at myself in the mirror. I wouldn't. I take photos, but I don't. I'm the one taking the photos in my world, so I don't really. You or other people? Um, of other people, I very rarely. (laughs) If I ever take a selfie, it's because I'm loving myself that day. Right. Yes. I'll post it. I'm doing likes, and I don't care. I want validation, <laughs> but no, it's not fun tweet. I, I, I will watch myself, but it is strange when I see myself in a mirror. I'm not, it's the one time I don't judge myself. It's very strange. And to be fair, I can't, I can't say I look at my face when I'm watching my form in the mirror. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I want to scare myself. Um, and I've told you about the problem I have with training, right? Have I told you that I used to train with Germans and Russians? And so oh, I have nice. this really, really bad habit of when I'm really straining super hard um, and I just let out like a Russian swear word. And I've tried my hardest <laughs> to stop doing it, but it just comes out. And when you have pods in like really loud, that word comes out loud. I'm just glad that it's in Russian and no one seems to know what it means, but it sounds a bit aggressive, which is a bit weird for me because I'm probably the least aggressive or one of the least aggressive males there is. So, yeah, but I'm glad you're going to the gym. It's really important. I am. I'm very, I'm very new back into it. And like I've been saying for a long time, I know what to do. I just yeah. have to do it. Yeah. So, and life's a little bit less crazy, um, albeit like without laptops breaking and whatever. Um, Life is a little bit less crazy for me now. So I am able to, and I enjoy it. Like I enjoy going. So um, I'm not a a training buddy person though. No, me neither. I don't like that. Don't, I have had people say to me, I'll come train with you. And I have flat out said, no, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, hint taken. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I will never ask. Wait till Um, I'm like super fit and I've lost like 10 kilos and. I look amazing. And then I'll be at the selfie mirrors. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I like to take like 30 seconds between each, each kind of rep or set. And yeah, it's, um, I'm very heads down, bum up focused and yeah, not really there for a chat because with me, once I, as you know, once I start chatting, then, you know, a one hour gym workout can turn into like three and a half hours and half, yes. half the day is gone and, yeah. Um, but how do you find um, the, the your energy levels in the morning compared to the evening? Because I'm a real evening person and um, I can't lift or do as much in the morning. Cardio I'm okay with, but lifting, no way. I, th- I think for me it's a really mind over matter type of situation. Um, back in the day I probably there'd be times during the day where I'd think I could go now um or if I was doing something outside because I very much like working working out outside so I like going walking running um 
I was always, I would find good stairs, go for stair runs, um, that sort of thing. I really enjoyed doing that. So obviously I would do that during the day. But um, when it came to like training as such, I would I would just go whenever. It was, I think now my only time that I can really do it is in the mornings. Right. So for me, it's just like, right, I'm training this morning. Um, I think a, a big thing of training at night, I was psyching myself out of doing it. I all day, oh, no, I won't go, oh, just do this, or someone go, hey, let's go do this or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, sure. So now I'm like, you know what, I actually can't meet you at 9 o'clock because I'm going to the gym. Yeah. Um, I'll meet you later, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I do prioritise it. Um, Get it over and done with. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think like... that's a lot of it. Mm. So. Well, um. And what about study? So, study. Look, I... Because you're an old chick that's gone back. Yeah. But but this is a very common story for a lot of people. People age midlife. Now, something that many years ago... Okay, so I'm studying... I'm doing a Bachelor of Health Science to be a naturopath. Um, I then want to go on to study Chinese medicine and homeopathy so I'm doing I I want though to do those things because in 2005 was when no 2006 I met my naturopath and she led me on the path that I I am on now um and that's how she treated me she treated me with um homeopathically with Chinese herbs western herbs um so that's in my head for the last 15 years. I've said, I'm going to study this. I'm going to do this one day. Um, life aside, um, I was married. I had my babies. I had health struggles. We moved. We moved again. I got divorced. Um, my my babies grew to big children. You know, life got in the way. And over the last couple of years, I had a couple of sequences that happened that put me onto the you know what, I'm 40, 40, what am I doing? I've got a good 20, 30, 40 years left in me. To My auntie actually just turned 80 on Monday and she's a nurse and she's still working. So, you know, um, age is just a number, whatever. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I will be 40 for a while. Like I'm 40 now and I, I plan on being 40 for at least seven years well that's news um, to me i thought you were 36 oh god bless oh no that's yeah. what you told me right now. oh i did that's right yeah i am i'm 36 so yeah. i'm mature age yeah um but yeah so i i think had i started studying say 10 years ago wouldn't have happened i was just not in that mindset like there's people in my course that do have little children do have babies and that's okay, but when I had my babies, I didn't, couldn't foresee myself doing something like this. It was sort of that I'll get to it when I get to it type of thing. But I'm a very, I'm very much a person who the timing's got to be right. The universe will adjust and will point me and, um, you know, give me that smack in the face that I need sometimes to go, hey, this is the time to do it. But I love it. Like I do love it and I enjoy it and it's a way of life um, for us. So, 
Yeah. And wow. you, um, it's an adjustment, though, to be able to, um, I think I said this to you um, last year when you started, um, to just have the discipline to sit yes. down and sit still for yes. long periods of time is, I know it yes. sounds silly, but even just that one small thing is a skill yes. that you need to train. And well, I'm still it, learning that, and I remember yeah. you saying that to me. And well, that is in my head all the time. It's one of the things that um, is a strength of kids that go straight from high school into university is that they are, they are accustomed to, to that, those long periods of, of sitting down and not moving. Uh, the rest of us, you know, we've, we're, we're having our three or four coffees a day. Um, you've got kids to run after. You've got work to do. You know, there's always something in your head. Um, not to mention, of course, that as you get older, then the responsibility, financial responsibility rests with you. If yeah. you're, you're a kid that now um, is supported um, through university, then you don't have those worries, which is why going back as a mature age student is, is so difficult. Um, and that actually, what just came into my head then, um, so the government now considers... Um, the parents, when it comes to things like study and supporting their kids, um, it is the, the parents' responsibility up until the age of 25. So look out, Sasha. Um, but the My Health Fund has just changed their policy and they've extended that to the age of 31. So you can have a family policy, like health policy with your kids and have them on your policy until they're, as your child, until they're 31 years of age. And I, my immediate thought is, okay, so that's setting a precedent for wow. everyone to say yeah. that now, I don't think you, the, the correct term would be childhood, but uh, like ad, ad, adolescence yeah. isn't right either. So what, what, I mean, when they stretched it from 21 to 25, I actually yeah. thought that was quite brutal. To, yeah. to put that responsibility on parents until the age of 25 is a lot. I understand why they did that, but but I, I was married. I was pregnant with my first son at twenty five. I moved out at eighteen. They're they're redefining um, how long it takes for someone to mature, and then they're turning that into a way that the government can then put more onus on parents to support their kids and less um, government support. Do you know what I mean? Like it's their their yeah. way of kind of saying, well, they're your responsibility till the age of yeah. twenty five. Now potentially thirty one in the future. It's um, it's scary. But anyway, that's, um, that's just a sidebar. I think, I think that talking about that, like, um, we have a responsibility as parents to teach our children about the future. And I will often say, my son, he's fifteen now. He'll be sixteen at the end of the year. I struggled in the sense that because in my head I kept saying right I, I got a job I was 14 and nine months when I've got when I had my first job and I've not not worked since um and I struggled at the thought of my son getting a job when he was 14 and nine months so I was like 15 but I haven't pushed it that's more a me thing because I don't want my babies to grow up I want them to still be children. And it was like them getting a job was that next step and next another stage of development. But I also do say to him, 
things like he said just recently um he wanted the new phone and I was like well that's something if you want that you need to get a job yeah and I was never taught this growing up but about savings um and something man I wish I'd done differently but I say to him you'd get a job and the best tip that I can give you is to have savings and take a portion of that out and put it into a different account, a savings account, and really focus on that. Because all I was like, oh, yeah, I got paid, cool, pay my bills, pay my rent, whatever. Yeah. I didn't think so much to the future, and I think now, like, we need to. I never thought about relying on the government for money, and I don't, I don't understand people that do sort of take that as a, you know, my job is to teach my boys to be able to stand on their own two feet and be strong and um, know how to look after themselves properly. And then if any whoever's to come into their life. But, I mean, I get that. I don't think it's a child. They can be considered a child till they're 25. But, um I just dropped something. I'm so sorry. Difficulties. I'm I'm on a stand up desk. I want a stand up yes, desk. They're, they're, I do. Like, now they're getting the, they're back the best, to except for when you you drop pens because they can bash a lot of things on the way to the ground. Talking about that, like I get okay back to studies and look. We'll yeah, do back this. to your study. Yeah, you'll, you'll work that out in um, future podcasts. That. In terms of the study, I get so distracted and quite a few people have said to me it takes a good 12 months to find your rhythm and flow in terms of study. And you said to me, I remember saying to you one day, I um, was not motivated one day. I had no motivation to study. And you said, that's okay. Um, Take it easy for the rest of the day. Just make sure you pick it up tomorrow or another day. Mm. And that's in my head. So now when I go, okay, I've had a lot on the past few weeks, so with work and et cetera, um, that I've gone, okay, so if I can't do today, I've got to do an extra couple of hours tomorrow or I've got to make that up. And that's sort of a bit like the mentality that I've got now. But in comfort, being comfortable when you study, like hot tip, folks. Yeah. You just need to be comfortable. Comfortable in your space. You need to have a really good space. Yeah. Um, and look, that doesn't just apply to study. That applies to when you're doing a podcast as well, and when you're a guest on a podcast. <laughs> don't don't be hungry. Don't be hungry. Make sure you're hydrated. Make sure you've got. Yeah. Hydrated. Yeah. My kids are fed. My jobs were done. I yeah. washed sheets today. You know, I'm all over it. I was ready. Yeah, but it's it, when you when you sit down to study every single day, you're going to have that inclination to and the struggle to sit um yeah. so that's why get all the the easy shit out of the way and and you can um well i would even use like that easy stuff as a routine to tell my body that i'm prepping to sit down um yeah. the, the other thing that i found that helped um me and continues to help me when i do um work for the university um is to actually go to a library because there's something about um, seeing like hundreds of other people suffering the yeah. same as you're suffering that lessens your suffering. And also it, it helps me to get rid of the idea that I'm the only person in the world 
that's stuck in my room, study desk, wherever, um, doing this. It, it's it's it shows me up. Oh, it's like a yeah. social contagion thing. Everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to sit down and do it as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't got to that point yet, but it's something that I know. I know it's there, and I know it's available for me. I haven't got to it yet, and I think about it, and I'm like, I should go here and do this, but I I just haven't taken that step yet. Well, so, my house is like a million fucking degrees, so um, if I I just have to, I literally plan. just go there for the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah actually, because- that was one thing I did think about today. I I bought myself portable air conditioner recent oh, this past summer, and that. I thought to myself today, why am I paying for electricity when I could go to a library and use their electricity and their air conditioning? Yeah. So that's probably what's going to prompt me to go there. Yeah. And it's the not. The cost of electricity. But also, um, at your, are you online? Just remind me. Mm. You are? Online studying. Yes. Yes. The first year. First year is online and then the second and third year is online and in clinic. Okay. And um, fourth year is fully in clinic. Okay. Well, the, the other thing and the other benefit about um, getting into a routine of study where you go to a library or some place that's air conditioned is that generally if you stick to the same time of day, same days of the week, you will find that there are other people um, doing the same thing. Yeah. They might just be yeah. sitting near you or, you know, perhaps you see them at the, the, the cafe. Um, and I've actually just, I'm quite, you know, a closed and shy sort of person, but even I've struck up friendships with people and just kind of had this group suffering, um, yeah. bitching, like the, at the start of every day, just having a good old bitch about lecturers, supervisors, uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And that 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 sort of those sort of short little um, social interactions when you're studying at home from by yourself are really important. And speaking about cafes, just striking up a, a friendship with even your barista is um, or baristas is a good yes. idea as well. I'm all about just those little social interactions. Yeah. Another reason um, yeah. to um, go to the gym and yeah. Well, that's it. I know. It's I've harder learned. with you guys because you're female, and I, I know how tough it is when there's a female in a gym. That's like, for example, going up to a male and just having yeah. like a casual conversation. How that can be misunderstood and misconstrued. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Hang out with the old ladies doing the marathons. Love a good old lady chat. I always tell you, like, they give you good tips and stuff. Yeah. I always remember yeah. those. I love the way old people give advice we are I feel like um like starting with perhaps our generation downwards there's this real putting on of kitten gloves like when people are giving you advice oldies they just go bang yeah and they just don't give a shit like they really (laughs) they they can be harsh um and you know feedback and 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 even just with their critiques of like what people are wearing, what's going on, what the new yep. gym instructor's like. It's just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love, I just love the honesty. Like, be honest with yeah, me. because it's rare. Yeah, it is rare. People it's sugarcoat very rare. And yeah. I do not ever sugarcoat it with me because I'll see through the bullshit and it annoys me. Like, yeah. I 
I often will, I remember things and I remember times and now I even say it to my boys and I even actually said it to a lady I was at work with the other day and she had said something about having kids and I said, oh, I've got two boys. And she's like, oh my God, what's your advice on having, you know, I was, I'm a good, I would be a good 25 years older than her. Um, what's your advice on having a second child and close together? And, you know, we're talking about that. And I said, this is the moment that you will remember. These are, you'll remember that lady that worked in that store and told you this. Like, but it's just that sort of stuff. It's that interaction with people. I feel like, I know, it's nice. And you yeah. take, in, you know, I think below us, like generation below us, oh, good luck to yeah. them. I think they're going to be too, you know I what? think the world is going to be too hard for them. Yeah, but wouldn't you kill to have just 50% of their self-confidence? I I mean. I've got a bit of self-confidence. <laughs> I've got fucking none. Well, I mean, I've got a little bit. I'm forcing no, I don't myself think it's to do my this. self-confidence. I think it's more that I just don't give a shit. Yeah. That's that's the difference between us. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I need some of that to rub off on me. Um, yeah. I can share. I've got a fair bit of it. Yeah, right. I can definitely share. Because my theory has always been if someone doesn't like me or if someone has an issue with me or someone doesn't like me, chances are I don't like them. Yeah. So it's not an issue. I don't care. If there's an issue, let's talk about it. If we can resolve it, great. If not, whatever, go about your life. Uh, it's not going to affect me. If I've got an issue with something or a gripe or whatever with someone, I have to deal with it because I don't want it to annoy me. Yeah, I don't want it to take up space in my mind. Yeah. Um, and if I can't right. change something, I don't care. Yeah, look, it, it's strange because I can do that in a in a professional workplace yeah. I just struggle with doing it in literally every other kind of uh, environment outside of um, a workplace. Yeah. So anyway. Hang out with me this, for this a bit. Meeting's not, sure this, this is not about me. This is actually about you. So, um, Jim, study, oh. what did you, you said that you made some notes on your old school pen and paper. Um, about what you wanted to maybe chat about today. I've got some ideas about what we can connect over. Um, but your idea first, because our ideas are usually the same. <laughs> well, I don't know if mine was an idea or just an opportunity to gloat. Uh, I, I mean, you, I think you know exactly what I'm referring to. Uh, <laughs> and look, we're having we're having a giggle, but we're not clearly we're not laughing about um, the seriousness of what has gone down. But um, just because of what we have both been through, being part of literally six percent of the Australian population that managed to resist having a medical intervention forced upon us, um, the tide, particularly in the last two weeks, has just shifted um to such an extent that i'll be honest i didn't think it ever would um and we yeah you know what i mean like we're in a situation that light now, at the end of the tunnel got quite dark didn't it or very small in terms of thinking that things were going to get back to normal yeah well i was naive sash you know that because um yeah. i 
I have spent, and the, talking about self-confidence is, um, you know, it's kind of touching on um, why I struggled so much with this is because my entire life I've been trying to be the perfect boy, the perfect son, the perfect uncle, um, the perfect citizen. I've always done everything right. But this yeah. one thing that I looked into and I said, I can't, I can't do this because yeah. of what I, what I know. And this was the one time and I've never felt, um, well, I mean, I have felt alone before growing up as a, you know, growing up gay, I have felt alone and ashamed. Um, but it was literally, um, looking back, it was easier for me to come out of the closet than what it was for me to admit that I didn't take the, the vaccine. Wow. Yeah. Um, I felt more hatred from more people um, for not being vaccinated for, than what I did from, from coming out as, as yeah. gay. It's, um, yeah. it's extraordinary. Um, what what they did what they put us through um, even just the fact that they kept us in lockdown three months longer than everybody else Dan yeah. Andrews famously came out and oh. said he doesn't care if it creates a two-tiered economy um, and basically suggesting that because we can't go anywhere that we should just starve to death um, mm. it was it was just brutal absolutely brutal um, yeah. and there was just, and this is coming out with the Twitter files as well, there was just no room for anyone mm. to push back. And you had people that were Harvard doctors, Stanford doctors, Yale doctors coming out and saying, actually, And if you did push back, the hatred that came, and I, I've discussed this with you before, I was very sort of like, eh, you know, nothing I haven't seen before because we came from very different ideas or different worlds. Um, you wanted to be the perfect person. I had the, ah, fuck it attitude. Yeah. Um, I do, I did quite, please don't drag that. Gosh, sorry, that was Kids, sorry, folks. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, I have asked this question quite a number of times to many different people. Um, I have always been that person who would question things. I remember getting thrown out of year 12 maths because I was fighting with the teacher about something. I just didn't agree with it. And I always wondered what it was like to be the person that always agreed with everyone, always agreed with the majority, because I just don't. And I was like, am I just seeing things differently to people do these do other people ask these questions? Um, but coming to the vaccine situation, it was a very much a one size fits all mentality, and that's what I've struggled with my whole life. This one size fits all um, because it just it doesn't in every way of life. Because you like something doesn't mean I have to like something. Because you eat something doesn't mean I have to eat something. Um, but in this situation, my God, it's old saying, oh, if so-and-so told you to go jump off a cliff, would you do it? Mm. And everyone's like, oh, that's so silly. But then it's like, go and inject this into your body and your children's bodies, your parents' bodies, whatever, but don't ask any questions, just do it. Mm -hmm. That's what I really, really struggled with. And again, I guess even I 
full disclaimer, had a vaccine injury. But I think had I not even, so in 2006, had a massive, massive reaction to the flu vaccine. Um, took me months to recover, literally months to recover. Scarred me for life, traumatised me. But I think had that not happened, I still would have these same questions. I still wouldn't have done it because I was still asking these questions mm. before that happened to me. I just, it was almost like I could justify why I wasn't doing it or I could justify, you know, people say, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm fucking not. This happened to me. But then it got to the point where I was like, I'm going to stop saying that that happened to me. I've got a fucking mind of my own. Mm. That's why. And I've asked the questions and, you know, you want informed consent. You have to give informed consent for everything. Did people believe you when you had your vaccine injury um, back in 2006? Um, the only, no. Okay. It was, it was, I remember being in hospital, so I remember having it and I already had a multitude of health issues. Um, I had damaged lungs. I was, um, and I got endometriosis, which I still suffer with today. Um, I didn't know the difference in stages. Mine was stage four. Didn't know. Um, it was just something that I dealt with all the time. Um, and I remember going, I just started a new job, just fresh out of college, just started a new job, newly married, um, went in to get some test results back, said to the doctor, and at that stage, I only weighed about 46, 47 kilos. Um, so I was very small. I was unhealthy skinny. And I always said I wanted to be healthy skinny or fit skinny. Um, but and I remember saying to her, I've got my test results back. That's a different story. But she said to me, you should get the flu vaccine. And I was like, oh, but I don't I don't know. Like with everything that I've got going on at the moment, I don't think so. And she shrugged me off. And this is your doctor? This was the doctor that I was right. at, yeah. yeah. And she shrugged it off. And she was like, oh, don't be silly. So I kind of just went in my head. I was thinking, no, 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 don't do it. Not for any other reason. I just was like, I just didn't feel like this was a good thing to do. Yeah. I had it. How old were you when you? Um, so I was twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. Twenty four. Yeah. Uh no, sorry, I was twenty three. I was about to turn twenty four. Okay. Um, and I. What was that her reasoning? I... Because at twenty three, um, fit and young. Uh, were you around so, people that were I wasn't, compromised? I definitely, wasn't, or... I definitely wasn't fit. I definitely wasn't fit. But so, I mean, twenty three. Do you know what I, I mean? So, I to I guess in a nutshell, I was told I would eventually need a lung transplant because my lungs were so bad. Right. So they I've thought you were immune. Smoked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, I've never smoked. Um, I yeah. used to say I should just drink alcohol and smoke. Um, cigarettes because my body doesn't like me anyway and I've always yeah. said for ever um, I'm allergic to life it was just like anything life gave to me it, I was allergic to it um, in that situation back then I was told I was allergic to wheat and a certain a few other things but that only came about when I had um, gone to a doctor and asked him for blood tests or testing because I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was always sick. I couldn't eat anything. I wasn't putting weight on. But it took a long time to get to having that test done. 
So when I got the results back and he said, you're allergic to wheat, sugar, dairy, um, surprisingly not nuts, not yeast, which was things that people would are predominantly allergic to, um, every type of animal, every type of dust, every type of mould. And I sat there and I went, oh, so what now? And he goes, well, just don't consume them. And I went, okay. And I did. I walked out and I went, okay. Now this is back in the day when... I know, mate, don't worry. Um, this was back in the day when gluten-free wasn't a thing. To yeah. go into yeah. a store and ask for something that was wheat-free, they'd look at you like, what? So it took a long time. And even now people would say to me, if I say I'm allergic to wheat, they go, oh, what, so you're a celiac? No, I'm not a celiac. I'm allergic to wheat. I react completely different. Over time it came that I found out that I was allergic to other things, which was just purely by taking it. So the last time I took an ibuprofen tablet, which was two and mm. a half years ago, so a Nurofen, I had an anaphylactic reaction. So by the time I'd taken the tablet, I'd taken it and I had it, um, I'd hurt my leg, I hurt my foot, um, and my back was out, you know, age. I'd taken a half a panadine fort and a urefin tablet. And by the time I'd driven five minutes up the road, I was going to go to Woolworths and do some shopping. I'd had my lips had swelled, my tongue had swelled, my inside of my mouth felt funny, didn't really swell. I had hives all over here, down, like all over the bottom half of my face, down my neck, over my chest. I've walked into the chemist and she looked at me and I said, yep, this. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no words needed. So that's how I found out I couldn't have ibuprofen. Uh, I couldn't take a Nurofen tablet. I've never taken one since. Right. So that brings, you know, full circle back. But just before we go full circle, do you think that there was something that you did or, um, a medication or something that happened? Because to be allergic to so many things is, uh, is this something uh, let me reframe that so was, did you have symptoms your whole life and then you just got to the age of 23 and you thought fuck it I'm going to find out what's behind this or do you think there was some sort of catalyst or did something change um, yeah, I do. Because... so I think it was I I definitely always had endometriosis so from day dot and again, I know like apparently at the moment, I think March is endometriosis awareness month. Um, it's just something that I've got that yeah. I have had to deal with my whole life. And that has been the number one thing. And it's taken me years to understand fully what it is and how it affects me. Um, so the la I've had 10 surgeries. The last surgery I had was so I was the first surgery I had they told me they couldn't do too much because it had spread so far um and it was too dangerous to do too much surgery uh because of where it was and where it the lesions and scarring and that had attached itself to the last one I had I was in Orange in New South Wales. I It was coming up to Christmas. I was in so much pain. I'd gone out to the hospital. I couldn't talk. I'd gone out to the hospital. I was in so much pain. They told me I've got heartburn. 
indigestion, they told me. Okay. Like, eh, yeah. eh, no, I don't think so. Long story short, ended up going out there. They ended up doing surgery. The surgeon went in. I actually said to him, take whatever I don't need. Take the gallbladder, take the um, appendix. Hell, take the ovaries while you're in there. I'd had my kids. I didn't care. And he he laughed. I've gone in and he, it was actually quite an extensive surgery because I remember waking up and I just felt like I'd death. And I'd had a number of surgeries before, so I knew what to expect, but this was different. And he said to me that um, he's never seen something so bad. He said, all your organs as such were in great condition. There was absolutely nothing wrong with them. They were just so consumed by scarring and tissues from the endometriosis that everything was stuck together. So oh. my appendix um, was stuck to my stomach, my bowel. I had scarring tissue over my liver, my gallbladder, everything. So everything was just sort of stuck together. So I was in so much pain. And he said to me, I'm surprised it got this bad. And I said, I've had bouts of this pain for years. Yeah. But it's taken it to get this bad for someone to do something about it. Wow. And I went back for the post-op checks and stuff and he's like, great, everything looks really good. Yeah. Um, but I think... Your inflammation oh, markers must have been yeah. off the charts. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm working on right now. So um, I, I was... No, I'm, well, I'm 41. Let's be real. Right. Um, <laughs> it just keeps creeping up, I, doesn't it? <laughs> Shock. By the end of the podcast, you'll be 57. In in the future, you will I identify as 40. Um yes, exactly. forever. Yeah, that's the way you feel. So it's legitimate. All right. I don't know if I feel that, but yeah. you know. Right. Um, but no one ever told me anything. It was always at 17, you've got endometriosis. It's quite bad. At 21. Mm, yeah, you're in a metrosis. We're just going to go in and we're going to like remove it a little bit. Yeah. Um, 23, you it's endometriosis, it's stage four. You may as well just have a hysterectomy now because you'll never have kids. Um, and that was by a so-called specialist that was considered the best. And I, you pay a lot of money for this stuff. It's not cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I found that... So back in the day, I was like, oh, my God, I'm severe asthmatic. So, but nothing, you know, I'd have the inhalers. I would have everything. Um, at school, my mum used to have to come to school when I was in primary school so to go on the nebulizer. Um, every four hours I was on that. I was on prednisone tablets, so a steroid for months on end, months on end. Mm. The, they'd never tell you the damage that that does to your body. So this, mm. I'm talking years of antibiotics, years of steroids. Um, they don't ever say, I remember saying to a doctor, should I do something because, you know, my gut wouldn't be very happy because I'm constantly having all this medication. Um, should I do something else? Like, should I try something? Like, what about diet? And he laughed at me. Yeah, that's hoo-hoo to doctors. Exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And fast forward to right now, like I'm starting to be a naturopath, a lot of people are more open to it. Yeah. But I'm not starting to be a naturopath because I'm some hippie. Um, 
and I'm all like, oh, my God, no chemicals, blah, blah, blah. No, well, nothing wrong shit. with that, though. <laughs> love me some chemicals every now and then. No, like, I mean, nothing wrong with being a hippie. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I love a good hippie too. Like, I do. You know, whatever works for you. Yeah. I want to. I did find eventually. So I worked as a makeup artist, full disclaimer, I worked as a makeup artist for 15 years. Um, I came across a lot of people. And I met a lot of people, really interesting people, some not so interesting. Um, but in my world, it was pretty good. Like, um, But I just happened to be doing um, a woman's makeup who was a naturopath. She became my naturopath and completely changed my life. Yeah, right. Because she said to me, she she's just looking at me. I'm in her personal space. Obviously, I'm doing her makeup. And she said to me, you've got this, 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 and this. And I stood back and I said, oh, my God, how do you know that? And she goes, oh, I'm a naturopath. And her friend that was with us, she said, oh, yeah, she's really good. She knows all the stuff. And I was like, I need to see you. I need to see you. Um, seeing her put me onto the path of seeing an osteopath who did acupuncture and he, oh, my God, this man was amazing. Now, I went to him after exhausting all my other options because of my back. Now, my spine, yeah, it's not in great condition got arthritis it's got stuff wrong with it my body's not fabulous on the inside mm. and he said to me he was like okay well you got this this and this that's why you're in pain and I'd, I'd actually gone to him because a physiotherapist told me I was going to start needing cortisone injections into my spine that's when I was like yeah no thank you um I've got enough shit in my body that I'm trying to like detox you know but also, um, it's not addressing the source of the, the actual exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just and covering. And obviously, exactly. you would have been, what, in your 30s at this point? I don't know. I was in my 20s. That was, was still, still in your 20s? Okay, yeah. So client um, for life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was that person. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so going, I went went to him and he basically said to me look I can do this this and this 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 is connected to this it shouldn't be your spine's straight there's nothing in between I'll adjust it you probably need adjustments every now and then but if it doesn't work don't come back mm. and I went I that's literally what he said to me and I was sitting on the bed I went oh okay love the man brilliant man yeah. um and you know wasn't looking to get all this money out of me wasn't saying okay you need uh three weekly treatments for 12 weeks and then we'll put you on two like fuck off with that shit if you tell me that stuff i'm running yeah. i don't want to borrow it don't sign me up for anything but in saying that i've been i was told that i would never have children naturally so i've gone to my naturopath told her that she laughed and she said we'll get you we'll get you pregnant don't worry about it within six months of seeing her and having treatments to get pregnant i was pregnant mm. so but in saying um, that, with medications and stuff, I couldn't take what everyone else could take. Yeah. So in terms of the COVID vaccination, I couldn't, I was too scared to take that. I would have been petrified. And I sat in with the GP saying to him that I was scared to have it because of my past reactions to things mm. and especially the flu shot. Yeah. And what was the reaction he agreed. He actually said, so when the whole COVID thing came out and I, so obviously he knew um, what my history was 
and he said to me at the very beginning, so when I had the um, flu shot and I had the reaction, like I was in hospital for a good time. I was um, took months to recover and he said, it's called something. I'll find it out. We can add that later. Um, and that was actually one of the things that was listed as an exemption from the COVID vaccine. And I said that to him. So at the beginning, he agreed. He said, no, you shouldn't have it. It's too risky. Mm. Um, like, okay, cool. And I just went along. And then it got, you know, borders were shutting and we couldn't do anything. You couldn't breathe without the government's, like, permission. And I went to him and I was in tears because I don't have family where I am. Um, all my closest friends were down south in New South Wales. We're in Queensland. And he, I said to him, I said, I can't, I can't have it. And I'm a single mum. What's going to happen to my kids if something happens to me? They can't look after me. I had a husband back then. They can't look after me if I'm, if the same thing happens. And I said, and that, what I had, it's a very long word, what I had is listed as an exemption. And he said, yeah, I know. And I said, well, shouldn't I get the exemption? And he goes, but I'm not allowed to give it to you. Yes. And I said, but that makes no sense. And he goes, the only thing, the only person that could give it to you would be a um, allergy specialist. Mind you, the fee for that was like $470. Yeah. Which I wasn't going to go and pay for him to tell me that I can't do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Um, it just, it made no sense. He, um, there was a, I think it was um, APRA in March uh, 2021 um, I'm just trying to find it now. Um, here it is. So they released um, a position statement which expressly prohibited medical professionals from taking any action that could be perceived as undermining the COVID vaccine rollout. Um, and repris reprisals for doing so um, included being sacked. Yeah. So, um, so APRA is like the peak body in Australia um, and... I'm just going to uh, look up the exact meaning of that. Um, but he would have just been responding to that. So that's APRA yeah. is the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation. Well, it's the regulation agency. So they, they pretty much are, are tied to, to that. They have to, yeah. 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 And he, he was good and he was understanding. I can, he knew it. And he even wrote a letter for me to say if I was to get pulled up or whatever, mm. um, that the risk that I was under and the situation that I was in. And that just, again, highlights that not everyone falls under the same umbrella, so to speak. We don't, it's not a one size fits all situation. And, yeah, and I think that this is the, what I don't think, this is the first time um, in the history of the planet because um, mm. just keeping in mind that uh, it's only been recently that we have kind of come together as one one world because mm. of the internet, technology, airport, um, air travel, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the one time where, um, as you said, one size fits all has never even worked at a national level, let exactly. alone an, an international level that involves billions of people. Um, exactly. It, it, it's never... It's never happened before. Yeah. And that was one of my pushbacks because if people can have reactions to aspirin, one of the exactly. most widely used and like daily use drug for a lot of people, millions of people for over a hundred years, 
sorry, over yeah. 100 years, um, then they can have a reaction to this. My yeah. personal main pushback was I did go to, to graduate med school um, for a year. wasn't for me. Um, but one of the things that they really focused in on was something that they called the gold standard. And the gold standard for vaccines was 10 years. And that's because yes. there had been yes. so many vaccines in the past which had resulted in death and or injury. Um, so there, a lot of things in medicine is, is based around the gold standard. You get the gold, sta gold standard journal articles, gold standard practice, and gold standard around vaccine is 10 years of testing. Because yes. the main thing that they want to actually look at is what are the long-term effects of this vaccine on the human body? Um, and so to have tested on a small group of people, which, you know, Pfizer and Moderna did do thousands of people, but that's actually still considered a, a smaller cohort and monkeys and mice um, over a period of six months for me was never going to cut it. No. Um, yeah. So that, that was that, my main pushback. That argument, and I had this argument with people that would say, that vaccines have been around for years and years and years and it wiped out polio and blah, you know, fuck off because this vaccine, if you want to go down the conspiracy theory loop, this vaccine apparently has been around for years. So did they foresee that COVID was going to be a thing and an issue? Yeah. Um, or, you know, how can they then roll out this vaccine so, so, so quickly because it's so, so, so severe mm. and we know so much about it, even though it's only just been out a couple of years. Well, what are we now, 2023? Yeah. Um, but we are positive that you need two doses and then you need a third and then you need a fourth and then you need a fifth. But... For, for me, though, um, the mRNA technology had been around for, for years. Yes. Um, yeah. But taking that mRNA technology and attaching it to a vaccine was new and is new. And the hope was that they could um, use that technology to very quickly recondition vaccines to respond in months rather than years. So if, even if you look at it from that point of view, um, mm. What they are doing is unprecedented in human history and should also have been given 10 years mm. of research. So, because you've got, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you've got yeah. a brand new yeah. technology here, which is the mRNA, and then you're attaching that, using that to, um, uh, to inject vaccine into the body. So mm. the vaccine has, that singular vaccine hasn't been tested for 10 years. And the yep. understanding behind that mRNA technology has also not been understood for 10 years. Neither has then quickly adapting vaccines in months rather than years. Um, that's, that's not been tested either. No. So um, on most fronts, it just doesn't really... Nothing, despite my history, whatever, nothing sat well with me. Mm. It was, there was no other option it was this is you know everyone's going to get it it's going to kill everybody you have to have the vaccine or you're going to die yeah. and the fear that was unleashed onto the world and then unleashed onto people like us but 
you know, my responsibility is myself. My own health is my responsibility. My children's health is my responsibility. Yeah. I don't care about Joe Blow down the road. Um, you know, I hope they're happy and healthy, but it's not up to me to look out for their well-being. They've got to take responsibility for themselves. And I remember back in the day when there was, I don't even know what it was, something was out. And I remember my mum messaging me and saying, don't go to Sydney. We lived in New South Wales at the time. Don't go to Sydney. You know, everyone's sick. And I'm like, no, of course I wouldn't because everyone's sick at the time. Mm. Um, I'm not going to take my two-year-old down to Sydney when there's this virus going on. I can't even remember what it was. There's been so many in the world. But it's the same if there's a gastro outbreak or flu or anything. I'm not going to go out into the world and expose myself to it unnecessarily and I think what this vaccine did for people is give them this false sense of protection. I've got the vaccine, so I'm a superhero. I can save the world. Mm. Again, fuck off mm. because it it doesn't. And I think that was the education. There was no education behind it, if we're, if we're honest. It was just all over the media, you have to get this vaccine. Yeah. And people went and got it. Well, I mean, you're talking about the fear. Um, I remember um, the videos coming out of China um, in the early, do you remember the early stages of um, uh, 2021 or maybe it was 2020, I think. Um, yeah, it was 2020. And people reportedly dropping dead in the streets. Do you remember those, those videos? Yeah. Um, and then ask me questions though? Like did... Oh, you they're know, all fake. They've all been disproven. I mean, it's just. Oh, exactly. I mean, but back then, it's the same in India. Oh, my God, people are dying in the streets. Mm. No, India did a fantastic job, actually, of controlling their COVID outbreaks. And they also um, didn't allow Pfizer and Moderna into their country. Um, yeah. So, Smart. yeah. Um, but um, so, um I just kind of lost my chain of thought then. Uh, but did you um, see this week, just because I've got it up on the screen now, um, that the Western Australian government finally released their vaccine safety data from 2021? No. Yes, they did. They're very, very late on that. Um, but, yo, Western Australia, it's 2023. Yes, exactly. Um, and the health minister said that they sat on the data for months because releasing it would, and I quote, undermine the government's efforts to keep <laughs> Western Australians safe um, wow. in, in 2023. Um, I think what they were really doing was pretty much just waiting for the media circus to move on to the next yeah. thing. And yeah. let's be honest, and most people have. Um, I mean... Yeah. Ukraine was kind of the next thing, but I feel like that's getting old because that's not exactly going to script. And reports are slowly leaking out that over 100,000 Ukrainians have lost their lives, and that's not a good look. Um, and, and it is friggin' tragic is what it is. It's really terrible. Mm. Um, but I feel like we're already kind of moving on from that again. Um, so did you want to know what they actually found and why the data from Western Australia was so important? Yes. Well, um, so you know that WA uh, had a zero uh, COVID policy. Um, so any um, adverse reactions 
uh, in Western Australia cannot be linked back to COVID. So this has been the, the mainstay of a lot of people who have said that um, the, the vaccine injuries are actually the result of COVID, not, not the vaccines themselves. So here you actually have a test case, almost um, like a placebo group, if you like, because in 2021, February 2021, um, they rolled out what would be for the rest of the year about 4 million doses of the vaccine. And throughout that period, they barely had any COVID at all. Um, so um, what they found um, was just, uh, it was extraordinary, actually. When you look at the graph, um, perhaps I could show you um, the graph, but um, so basically lifted directly from the report, the number of adverse events following immunization um, to the Western Australian vaccine safety surveillance was significantly higher in 2021 than in previous years. And the, the vaccine, so due to the introduction, so it translates into a rate of adverse events of 264 per 100,000 doses. So 264 per 100,000 doses. Um, so to put this in context, the swine flu vaccine was withdrawn in 1976 because of one serious case of GBS, yeah. um, and that was per 100,000. So one case in 100,000, it was withdrawn. This is 264 cases in 100,000, but it's still, it's ongoing. Um, and then in 1999, the rotavirus vaccine um, was withdrawn and that had one, one to two serious cases uh, per 10,000 doses. So it's just extraordinary. So the adverse events uh, in 2021 were um, 38 times higher than for the last five years. And the biggest month of adverse events was um, the month of October 2021. Three things happened. Um, the vaccine eligibility criteria expanded to all people over the age of 18. Mm. Walking vaccination clinics became available. Um, and most importantly of all, um, the vaccine mandate was announced for the majority of Western Australian workers. Um, so mm. ad adverse reactions disproportionately affected women. Um, and then we start to get into some really Really horrible stuff, actually. So 57% of adverse reactions required hospitalisation. Um, and I wrote here that I think this is an important um, point because one of the favourite pushbacks from the mainstream media and health officials is that, yes, 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 there's going to be people that get a sore arm, a headache, a fever, um, but that's what most of the adverse events are. Um, but not when you have 57% of the adverse reactions requiring hospitalisation. That's mm. a little bit more than fever and a sore arm. 58% yeah. um, yeah. of these adverse events were self-reported, with healthcare officials only reporting 35% mm. of the total number of cases. Um, so that, that's interesting because prior to COVID, um, healthcare workers um, were responsible for reporting 79% mm. of adverse vaccine effects. So it went from 79% down to 35% in basically in one year. And that comes back to the, the author um, who critiqued this, um, 
this report was Rebecca Barnett. She's absolutely amazing. She's on Twitter. Um, and so she linked it back to what um, we were saying before about APRA's statement where medical uh, professionals were barred from doing anything that could be perceived as undermining the government's vaccine rollout. So in, in other words, they were drastically under-reporting um, mm. the COVID vaccine adverse events to quite an extraordinary degree. Um, and I, I've got, I know people who were told by their doctors they had to report it. Um, if they had a vac an injury, um, mm. adverse reaction, they had to, like, the patient themselves had to report it um, and but then for the patient to report it it was like you know doing backflips at the age of 97 yeah it, you know, it just wasn't possible it was impossible to um to do it well, I mean, straight up, one of the barriers for old people, um, old people, elderly people, um, particularly those that are aged over the age of 65, is um, reporting it online. Like, I mean, yeah. For, yeah. it seems like, non like, it seems silly, but for us, straightforward, on the phone or on the laptop, but for older people to even just log into a website. Um, yeah, it's hard for them to do it. And then, of course, there's ageism. So if they're going to their practitioner, a doctor, a nurse, um, people in nursing homes, um, you hear this a lot. I even hear it now, which is mm. insane at my age. That's just getting old. Yeah. That's yep. just That's hey, just what happens. Or maybe, well, you know what, we'll just tweak your medication. It could be your medication. It could be something else. Yep. Um, and I think that the situation with this is that it's actually much worse than we think because, you know, old people die every single day. And yep. it could just be that it could have been the vaccine and then it could have just been reported as, as any one of a number of things because when people die, it is a multi-system failure because if it is only one system, we can maintain life for a period of time. So in order for multi-systems to shut down, you need to have one or two or three or four or five or eight things going wrong with you. So when yes. you're looking at like death certificates and reporting mm -hmm. death certificates, it's whatever, well, the cynical part of my brain says it's whatever's going to get the hospital um, money. So yes. we report it as this, will there be something that's going to come to the hospital from the government? I don't know. There was a lot of money floating around from the government towards hospitals because of COVID death. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, there was a lot of people, there was that uproar um, where it was people were saying that um, died with COVID or died from COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, again, I guess it comes under that whole, umbrella scheme of you've got if you had COVID you're dead from it um whether you died from getting hit by a bus yeah it was COVID there were there were families um that even tried to push back on mm. the a couple of reports I remember reading where the families came out and said they this yeah. person he didn't die from COVID he just died with it he just happened to test yeah. positive to it but he yeah. died from whatever else um, and 
they just they still just wrote COVID on the death certificate, yeah. which is um yeah, yeah. Just absolutely extraordinary. Um, the I other know. Thing- it got it did it got to the point for myself that I I at the beginning I was like I don't know anyone that's had it. Um, we all had it. We were fine. Felt off. You know whatever. Um, mm. I'm still kicking. Um, it got so sad with things, and I'm not even going to say that it was like they died from COVID. It's obvious what the what the situation was, and it just got too sad that I just shut off. I shut off from that world, and I remember I'd have people sending me things and or news articles or whatever, and I just had to say stop because I didn't want to know like what was going on. Um, do you mean I, in terms of um, like just um, limiting the number of people to go to funerals, social distancing yeah, at funerals, well, not yeah, being able well, to interact with a person once they had died or passed? And yeah. um, or do you mean more like just the the lies and propaganda that was just being? Um, well, it was yeah. At, you know, first thought was the lies and propaganda. I I hated that. I hated seeing that because it was so obvious what was going on. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, those things, like you couldn't go to a funeral, you couldn't, I I know, and this drove me nuts. And I can let a lot of things pass, but this really, really, really made me angry. Um, in my family, and my dad was taught, like he's he's got leukaemia. Um, it, it's not, he's had it for a very long time and he's been living with it very well um, and they're managing it. So um, he's quite fit and healthy for someone who's got that. Um, and he, he was told by his oncologist, well, my mother was told that if they didn't get it, now their reasoning for get it, for, get, for not having the vaccine was my mother had suffered blood clots um, earlier on in life and my dad had other health issues and it was like, let's not add something to it, you know. I'm already taking a lot of things. Um Oh, if Michael goes into hospital and dies, you won't be able to go. And I was so angry. And I remember my mum being, obviously, she's like, oh, we've got to go get it now. And I was like, this is the fear mongering. And I stepped back and I said, look at him and look at his health and look at everything that you guys have been through. And you guys are going really, really well for your ages, for your health. You, it's you know, it's not an issue at this point in time. Mm. Um, and she said, she told my dad that the hospital at that point, the ICU was overflowing with COVID patients. And I got my dad aside, took away the fear-mongering, and I got my dad aside and I said to him, when you go up to the hospital, because I was driving the back and forth to appointments and stuff, I said, when you go into the hospital, just ask someone or ask a few people, how many people are there in there? Don't start a conversation about anything. Just go, oh, so how many people are, you know, in here with COVID? And he asked and she, and he goes, oh, is it like overflowing? And the nurse in doing his infusions and stuff was like, oh, no, no, we're all right. Yeah. And I said, in the whole grand scheme of things in the fear-mongering, you would think it would have been, oh, my God, it's so very terrible and um, quickly you have you must be injected with this COVID vaccine. But it wasn't. It was just an instant reaction and and it seemed honest, an honest reaction. Oh, no, we were all right. Yeah. Um, so 
uh, only a few years ago, what happened to your um, parents would be considered illegal because um, yes. that's clearly a state of um, yes. coercive behaviour. Yes. And you, um, when you are suggesting a medical procedure, you can't use tactics such as yep. that in order yes. to gain informed consent. And because yep. so, that's not informed consent. No, absolutely not. That's so that's coercion. That's a threat. Um, it's of course it's also emotional blackmail. But from yep. a legal standpoint, um, yep. if if this wasn't considered an emergency. Um, then th that doctor would uh, would in the past have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that complete madness I witnessed myself um, mm. because I woke up um, one day in 2021, early in 2021. Um, the vaccines had been rolling out for a few months um, and my mum was um, having severe chest pain. And the, look, I can't really fault um, the hospital. They took her right in. Um, they put her on all the tests. The nurses were absolutely amazing. They worked so quickly. Um, and the doctor walked in, Sash, and guess what his first question was? You had the COVID vaccine? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, do you want yeah. to look at her heart? <laughs> Let's just have a look at that yeah. situation first. And keeping yeah. in mind, of course, that Queensland managed to keep COVID out for well, we kept going well, yeah. for quite a while. And at that point, there was no, there was there was a few little outbreaks that were going on, but there was nothing serious going on. Yeah. And again, I was astonished at how empty the hospital was. Yeah. And same. What, what I witnessed was the uh, easily one of the biggest hospitals mm. on the Gold Coast who um, had obviously been caught up in the hysteria and they had cleared uh, an entire yeah. floor um, and prepped that and um, it would seem like I had to go um, over an 18-month period um, because I'd gone into state um, or because I'd been exposed to um, Tom Hanks <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. when him and Rita Wilson came yeah. and gave everyone at Pacific <laughs> the shopping centre COVID. Oh. Um, and so I had to go and get testing done yeah. and I can't tell you that I was... And almost every time I was the mm. only person in there yep. getting tested. Now that did change yep. when they freaked people out and they, um, you know, Victoria and um, New South Wales were very effective at doing that. And it was often those leaders that were sending people in Queensland to go get tested in case they'd been in the state for whatever reason. Um, then the lines would be longer, but yes. See, I... Um... I've spoken to you about this, to this whole subject before, but similar situation, and it was April last year, so 2022, April 2022. Um, my son has epilepsy. It's a genetic form of epilepsy. Um, it's changing over time. Long story short, April last year was the fifth time in, I think, about, seven months, eight months probably, we had gone out to the hospital via ambulance because he was having seizures. Um, and his type, unfortunately, can eventually is not controlled by medication. So it's a very scary situation. Now, again, cannot fault the um, paramedics. Brilliant. They would always be here like 
um, you know, I'm screaming down the phone, but um, they were always here quickly. They were always really good. I'm obviously scared and terrified. They were great with me. They were great with him. Going out to the hospital each time, I never saw anyone in the big tent that they had for COVID. I remember twice going out there and seeing there were two nurses in there, full PPE get up on their phones. There was no one in there. And at, there was on at this particular time, um, again, they were always good. They was like, you know, apart from the epilepsy, he's a really healthy kid. Yep, absolutely. He'd eventually come out of it all as well. This particular time, his dad's sitting in the corner. I'm standing up. I'm getting anxious because by this stage we'd been in the emergency um, department for quite a while. We, we're in a room. Like they, we'd take, been taken through. They were always quick with us. But we are waiting for a paediatrician to come down. She came down. She's on the phone. She doesn't even look at my son in the bed. She's looking at me. Um, oh, how's he going? Oh, he's got genetic form of epilepsy. Yep, yep. Has he had the COVID vaccine? And I went, no. I said, we all had COVID um, months ago. We're good. We're good to go. Have you considered taking, uh, have you considered him having the COVID vaccine? I looked at my ex-husband and I looked back at her and I said, just the epilepsy today. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, I know. You know what we're there for. You know what he's presenting with. Mm. What is that? And mind you, I've been out there in times and there's been little babies out there. God bless them. Like you don't want to see a baby sick. You don't want to see anyone sick. And I heard them say uh, two-year-old um, positive to COVID. I'm expecting, I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be a rush. People are going to come in and swoop this child in a, you know, a bubble, a clear bubble, and it's going to be this big dramatic scene. Nothing. I was almost disappointed that there wasn't a big dramatic scene. I was expecting people to come in with guns and rifles and, oh, my God, get on the ground. It's very disappointing. Nothing happened. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, oh, yep. Yeah, um, at that, the mother was in with them. Father's arrived. Yeah, just go in. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, when you hear stories like we've just shared, you can understand why um, Robert Malone and Joe Rogan yeah. um, discussed mass formation psychosis. Yes. Because it's so hard, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, um, it's hard. For, like, you, you want to be able to empathise with the other person's position. Um, yes. And you want to be able to say, well, okay, Perhaps that doctor or those doctors are just scared, but mm. their behaviour doesn't uh, doesn't it doesn't no. fit with their behaviour. For me, with the doctor that I'm speaking of, he didn't even have a face mask on. So yeah. I, either he thought that because he'd had two shots that he was 100% protected, so he didn't need to to wear that. Um, yeah. But the, the the focus and that time was as if literally everything else known to humankind yeah. did not exist everything yeah. else just was put on pause so yeah. we could focus tunnel vision on this one thing which we've spoken about the fact that i've had every fucking flu there is like i had swine flu i had mers yeah. now look i'm going to be mers was fucked now i was <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was oh. the the middle eastern one that 
that had a kill rate um, close to uh, about 30%, I think it was. Um, it was incredibly high, but no one really gave a shit because it was in the Middle East. Yeah. And yeah. and so, of course, that it's acceptable for people in the Middle East and it's acceptable for swine flu to sweep through Asia, but heaven forbid, you know, people in the West get exposed to this stuff. Um, but when it's when I became aware that this was just a, a variant of a coronavirus, which has been around since the dawn oh. of time, it's yeah. always it's like a bat virus that has always existed. I mean, for goodness sake, it would be on your Glen 20 can from yeah. 2018 kills coronavirus. Um, it, it was quite like, again, I'm just trying to understand where these people are coming from. And I'm trying I think to I was say that perhaps. From say it again. Glenn, I think I was more at risk of dying from Glen 20 overdosing from people i was literally sprayed in a chemist with a can of glen 20 when i've walked up to the counter the girl pulled out a can and sprayed it directly at me i, I, mean, the, I couldn't talk this is this is uh, this is the psychosis this is the madness i mean yeah. uh you know you had to sanitize your hands as you walked into every single Everything. store yeah. I was dry. I, yeah, I actually never did that. And my eldest son would do it. And I'm like, if you fucking touch another sanitizer again, I'll slap you. I didn't. Um, but, they still do it, by the way. I know. And they do. But like when they had signs up on how to wash your hands, who doesn't, if you needed to follow instructions, written instructions in front of you, yeah, on how to wash your hands, I'm sorry. No. 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 I don't Please. want you near me because. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. If you needed that, I did. I nah. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and on a more serious note, I mean, it did get, it did get crazy. I mean, you yeah. speak about um, Kai um, being taken to hospital, but there, there was a time where you and I were not, we were not permitted to get treated in a hospital, yeah. visit anyone in a hospital or go to a hospital. The only way we were allowed into a hospital is if we were admitted as an emergency patient. Yep. Yep. I have honestly, I'm an accident prone individual. First of all, yes. I have never yes, been more petrified in my life than when I was told that I mm -hmm. was not welcome to go to a hospital. This yeah. is that, uh... that that started to get me. I was worried. I was annoyed because I was like, you know what? My world doesn't revolve around COVID. I'm I'm more thinking of my son's health. But then also in in all of this, um, I and I remember saying to this doctor about not getting the vaccine. I was like, don't you think that I have to? I know in myself that I need to stay healthy to be able to raise my children for one but also I've got a son that I have to be on high alert constantly 24 7 even when I'm asleep I'm on high alert mm. don't you think that I'm well aware of my own health and my own well-being because I've got to care for my son but you're you're treating us like we're idiots and I do I have to say I do genuinely feel sorry for the people mainly the elderly people that just did it because they thought they were one really at risk but also I know a few that were like you know we've got to do the right thing 
you know, we've we've survived a lot, but we've got to do the right thing. And they thought that by going out and having these injections pumped into them, um, that they were doing the right thing. They thought that they were helping society because yeah. that, that's what the government said. That, that as I think yeah. you brought this up earlier, the government line was it's not about you, it's not yeah. about me, it's yeah. about the, yeah. the elderly, it's about the disabled, yeah. it's about, you yeah. know, your neighbour, it's it's about everybody else. Yeah. Don't be so yeah. selfish. Um, again, really see, insipid if... and horrible campaign to shame yeah. people into getting getting this this vaccine um but i just when you were talking just then i noted down the word fear because um i read in a study that there's about 20 percent um of the population who see and this is all populations it was a broad study um there's about 20 percent of population who are a little bit more immune to fear than what uh, the rest okay. of the population are that's and I think it is interesting. I think that that can kind of explain. Um, I think that there are some people that, yes, are conspiracy theorists and no matter what the government or people in yeah. power or um, positions of um, high authority say, they're going to mm. just do the opposite or they're yeah. going to say no. Um, yeah. But And so that they're part of that, that, that not trusting the government is definitely part of that. But for me, my major frustration was just not being able to relate to anyone on any level about any part of this. Because yeah. when you appeal to and you heighten somebody's fear and anxiety, you've seen someone that's having a panic attack. You can't sit down and have a rational conversation, an objective conversation with someone who's in the midst of a, yeah. a panic attack. Yeah. So you can't sit down and rationalise and talk and have a, a debate or even just a discussion with someone mm. who is literally living in a state of heightened fear. Yeah. And that's what the government ha did. And yeah. that's what I think is one of the major contributing factors to the excess deaths that are yeah. occurring all around the world, but particularly here. It's incredibly sad what's mm. going on and it the is. fact that the mainstream media and the commercial networks are completely ignoring the fact that we have yeah. thousands of people dying who shouldn't be dying. Um, and this fear, yeah. I mean, I, I want to see more studies that look at the, um, and it, it's not going to happen for obvious reasons, but looking at the effect of long-term anxiety and long-term yeah. fear um, on people who are isolated because they yeah. also isolated us. You know, you and yeah. I were lucky because we had other yeah. people living with us. And while, come on, yeah. they, drive, like, they drove us fucking nuts sometimes, at least we had somebody yeah. else, we had uh, human contacts to talk to. Exactly. You know, like I was saying yeah. to you at the, at the outset when I was talking about the important thing about studying from home is that you create some sort of social outlet. Yes. It's yes, very exactly. important to have those social connections. When you take those things away, what does that do to someone? And not only that, then you shut down all the healthy businesses. So when I say healthy, I mean like... That was sad. Yeah, so they were encouraging people to do Uber Eats and to stay at home. And what gets delivered through Uber Eats, it's only junk food. I mean, you can get some yeah. nice restaurants, but who's got the money for that? 
Yeah, so exactly. It, you've got exactly. and then you had people. Uh, it was illegal to go surfing. You could get arrested. I know that. People got arrested. That was horrible. So outdoor activity. What gone. really? What really, really, really scared me was, and again, I said I wasn't watching things. I I didn't watch mainstream media because I don't like them anyway. But. That, you know, it was annoying. They were shoving this down our throat. But I sent a video and it was of an elderly gentleman in the Brisbane Botanic Gardens. And I can't remember exactly what it was. I, th- I don't know if it was he didn't have a mask or that him and his wife or partner weren't social distancing. Um, sort of been both of, the, both of that. But all of a sudden there's five police officers around him Um you know, there wasn't any time, like I'm watching this thinking, okay, something bad's going to happen, but there'll be time. There wasn't time. It was just immediately they threw him to the ground. He ended up having a seizure. And in that moment, I like that was very triggering for myself with my situation. But also that poor man is out exercising with his partner. And at, at that point, I thought we were allowed to exercise. Um and, you know, that happened to him. That was just frightening. And that, and I've always been like, I'm not going to let anyone scare me. But that did scare me because I was like, what if I'm out with my kids and they do that? Yeah. Like, and we had to get out. We live in a unit. Like, yeah. we needed to get outside and breathe. So um, that guy, I remember that. And I remember the response to that case. Mm. And mm. I, I wrote it. So um, that was during the hardest lockdown that we experienced in Queensland. Yeah. Which thankfully, was only quite short, but it was just as ridiculous as what it was yeah. experienced in Victoria, New South Wales, New Zealand and China. Um, and Chile, I think, was the worst of all. But basically, the rule was, and I remember listening to this and just I couldn't believe it. You were allowed outside for one hour of exercise and exercise is not sitting down. They stress that point. And I noticed that when I was going to my local park, that what they did is they got that um, thick electrical tape and they taped up all the picnic benches, all the um, park benches, anywhere that someone could sit, they taped up and it was against the law to sit So you have to be continuously moving. So their justification for doing that to that man was he was going against lockdown rules because he sat down on a park bench. So, I mean, again, we go back to the psychosis. I know, and it is. And, I mean, I'm, I'm 12 hours away from my family and I got the most horrible, um, attack launched at me from a family member Mm. that I was going to kill my parents and I was like I remember I was at work when I got it and I remember reading it going are they here like are my parents near me because as far as I knew as of this morning they were 12 hours away um can you get COVID through the phone um you know like 5G that's it. That's it. That's it. It's five G. That's it. Stay, stay I, love, I love. Yeah, I love a good conspiracy theory. Um, I will go I down do too. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I think we. I believe everything. No, but of I course love not. Them. But it's it's fun and it does it's open your mind. Fun. And look, to be fair, um, particularly over the last three years, 
um, a lot of the conspiracy theory. I know it's a bit cliche to say it, but a lot of the conspiracy theories have been coming true. Um, well, I think so I'm on like 577 points or something. If if we want to, you know, talk about who's right and who's wrong. Yeah, well. I think of, yeah. You're one of the originals. You're old school, 2005. I am old school. I am yeah. old school. And I was questioning it before that because I didn't yeah. understand. And, again, it goes back to the whole one size fits all. I didn't understand why so many people did this same thing. Mm when it was never said let's build your immune system let's uh, don't go out and sneeze on people or don't lick windows yeah what you're describing there is the um the swedish approach don't lick windows say say it again (laughs) you know i know i know i know um yes okay hold on um someone needs to be tucked in guys um, but yeah, it was, it was, I said, yeah, you know, don't sneeze on people and don't go and lick windows. Yeah. Well, mm. you know. No, the, the Swedes, obviously, I'm having someone on next week that's going to talk more about the, um, what the Swedes did and why we should have followed that approach because they've had the best outcomes in every measure um, from COVID um, of any country, um, basically in the yeah. world, except for um, Africa. And no one's really talking about Africa, yeah. but I think it's something they, that you go. I don't feel like they talk about the countries that didn't jump on or go up Pfizer's ass or. Um, no, they Africa know. didn't. Africa blocked them. Um, yeah. But not, not only did they did some countries block them, but the vast majority of countries were not able to afford the vaccine but, yeah, um, that too, which yeah. is highly ironic given that albert baller's um like proclaimed at the start of the the pandemic that it would be immoral for them to charge anyone for the vaccine mm-hmm. and they're going to make it if it works they're going to make it available to everybody free of charge so that's that's a quote that people have seemed to have forgotten about um from uh, 2020 um, in the early stages, he did promise that everyone would have access and it would be free to all. Thank goodness for Africa because, um, and I, look, I'm not going to talk about it too much because I haven't done research into Africa, um, but I have seen some YouTubers who have spoken about the outcomes there and it's just been um, very positive. Um, they've done very well. In fact, to them, um, a, a couple of the countries there just treated it as a common cold. Yeah. Um, and, you know. I think um, the biggest thing, and again, this is probably a discussion for another episode, is the vaccine will cure everything, but yet we've got third world countries, but we'll throw some vaccines at them because Mm. that's supporting them, but they don't have clean drinking water. Yeah. That always astounded me. And again, that's probably a, a topic to discuss when I don't have children asking am I going to stop talking which they asked me that daily literally this morning when I was out please stop talking to people mum <laughs> I do um it's what I do. like just just as a side note of course um America uh doesn't there are cities cities in America yeah. don't have clean drinking yep. water um and they spent billions for COVID, um, that whole pandemic lockdown. Um, And then, of course, they've uh, shipped billions of dollars into the Ukraine um, as well. Um, And yet they can't even secure clean drinking water for their own population. So um, it's clear where people's priorities are. Right. 
And then there was another thing, this is another something that we could probably touch on. Um, in America, they moved all, they housed all the um, homeless people because they didn't want them on the streets because of COVID. But mm. now COVID's not an issue. They're all back out on the streets. They kicked them out again. Um, yeah. And what, what's, I, I, I do know about that. And then what's uh, particularly interesting about that program is that it was successful. And I'll tell you the reason why it was successful, because the media didn't report that it was unsuccessful, because they would have been looking for yeah. any excuse to shut yeah. that shit down, any excuse at all to go yeah. in there and say, look what they've done. Look yeah. what's going on here. But that did not yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, I saw videos on um, YouTube of what Skid Row in LA is, is looking like right now. There's hundreds yeah. of thousands of homeless people just in California. Um, yeah. but to bring it back home, we also have thousands of homeless people yeah. here. Um, and yeah. that's what my friends from overseas fail to kind of appreciate or understand that we do have um, homeless people here. And yeah. in fact, the fastest growing population of homeless people in Australia are elderly women who live yeah. alone. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah, it's sad. It's so sad. But, you know, I don't think that's a, um, as even the government would say, a national crisis. It's a national fucking crisis. Like people are. It's a national know, crisis. Homeless rate, but it's not sponsored by Pfizer. No. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to let you go at eight o'clock. Um, because I can see that there's we could talk for hours and hours on end. Um, but I just just want to make my point. (laughs) Um, Mm. what I think is a national crisis is when you and I were growing up in the 80s and the 90s, I remember seeing all those really horrible ads for sponsored Um, child, uh, in Africa, like in South America, Central America. Um, some Asian countries and some of the imagery that was coming out of there was so tragic and so horrible. I never thought, Sasha, I would live to see the day where those ads from those same charities are now saying sponsor an Australian child so an Australian child can go to school, so they can go on an excursion, so that they can afford lunch. Yeah, this is an it's absolutely appalling situation. It's not even heartbreaking. I mean, it is heartbreaking, but beyond that, we yeah. live in a country of 27 million people. America has 325 million. China has over a billion. 27 million people is a drop in the ocean. We also have the largest reserves of so many mineral resources that it, it's it's mind blowing, right? Yeah. We are one of the richest countries on this planet and we yep. can't even look after our most vulnerable, the children and the elderly women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this yep. is what neoliberal capitalism, this is what happens because these people are the excess. These mm. people are invisible. These people yep. don't matter. They are. You're yeah. still making money. Yep. Yeah. So for because me. The rich get richer, they don't care. But this, you can bring this full circle because mm. we were just saying how ridiculous the argument was that you don't take the vaccine, you take it for the homeless child, you take it for the elderly yeah. woman. And then, okay, well, if you care so much about them, yeah. 
How yeah. about if we put them in a house? Yes. How about we make it so that yep. no children in Australia have yep. to be sponsored in order to go to school? In Australia in 2023. In Australia in 2023. Okay, yep. my rant's over. <laughs> but that 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 that's, that that is one of my hot Very button topics. Um, yeah. Yes. I I I mean I the code makes no thing, sense and will never make it make sense. No. And it's just because I still be, well, you know, I've lived overseas. So I've mm. lived in South Korea. I've lived in China. I've lived in the UK. I've traveled mm. extensively. I've seen how these huge countries with massive populations struggle. Yeah. yeah. But we have so much money here and yeah. we have such a tiny population. I have, I, I think I told you, I studied in Wuhan. Yes, you did. Wuhan, yeah. Wuhan University. Yeah. I went there. Yeah. So if you're talking about the Hubei province, which is like their state. Yeah. Do you know there's 127 million people in that state? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we can't look after. No. <laughs> it's we're a couple compared to that. We are. We're nothing. Well, yeah. It's I nothing. mean. And look, I'm uh, not saying that Australia needs to strive to be that size. What I'm yeah. saying is we no, are such no. a small country yeah. with such huge income, with amazing resources, yeah. and we should be able to afford to look after each other. That's and people. part of the narrative of COVID was look after each other. But that's important when someone stands to make a massive fucking profit but when exactly. it comes to just everyday functioning, putting food on the table, having a roof over your head, that's now all forgotten because there's not a profit in that. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. I said my rant was over and I just kept ranting. No, that's okay. <laughs> Clearly it wasn't over. And Sorry. my throat. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's been two hours now. That went really quick, yeah. actually. Um, so uh, did we you are wanna... Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you for um, I'll having me. make it all very official now. Um, and for hopefully we'll me. have you back on again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm sure we'll um, find something to talk about. Ah, uh, yeah, well. <laughs>